0: Mixtapes. The
1: classic mixtapes. Doing the mixtape thing, let me drop a mixtape. Oh, mixtape. The mixtapes. This, this is the Art Behind the Tape Podcast
0: Podcast. Hosted
2: by DJ. DJ Mars and Brill Jai. Covering the spectrum of the mixtape culture. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on, world? Brill and Jai back in the building. Yeah, I mean, man.
1: It's the DJ Mars. You already know Art Behind the Tape Podcast series in here. We got a legend in the building, Brillo.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A Decatur native.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, Hood Rich
2: Radio, uh, Mixtape King when it comes to the ATL, my man right here, my African brother right here, my man, DJ Screen, What's going on, man? Here.
0: Salute, salute, salute. What's up? What's up, What's up, family? Everybody good? Yeah, Everybody man. good,
2: man. Everybody good. What's going on with you, man? Uh,
0: Shouts out to Big Facts, the podcast, too. We got to throw that in there. You know what I'm saying? We're going crazy right now. The Scream Foundation, that's my foundation. We might get into all that, but just shameless plugs.
1: We definitely going definitely definitely to get into all, all that. We definitely going to get into all so, so hold up. Brill just said something that I peeped because I can see it in your face. Where are your peoples from over in uh, uh
0: West Africa, Accra, Ghana. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a chance to go over there uh, last year, too. It was uh, finally get to go over there, and it was enlightening, to say the least.
1: That was your first time over there? Yes, yes, yes. Nice, nice, nice. So your mom and pops are from there?
0: Mom is here from the States, but my pops was from um, Ghana.
2: I got the same setup over here. Pop's from over there. Senegal, mom's from America. That's how
1: it goes. Nice, 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 nice. So I've been over there to perform Ghana maybe like two or three times. And one time I was in West Africa, and I'm asking both of you guys this question. Um, I saw an older gentleman, and I swear he had the same mannerisms, facial features as my grandfather. Like, I was seeing people that look like my relatives over here. It, I mean, that's such, like, that feeling is Bananas. Yes. It's it
0: surreal, but it's real. It's, right. it's, it's,
1: it's real. Like so, when when we went, um, not to sound cliche ish, but I really felt home. You know, yeah, I felt like I was home. Like I'm looking at older gentlemen walking through the streets, and you can look in their eyes, you can look at the texture of their skin, you can look at their hair. It reminded me of the older gentleman in my family. Like mm-hmm. like you would see the features, and you would you just see okay, this is. This is where I came from. Right. Um, so I'm I'm glad that Br- I didn't know that mm-hmm. about you. I'm I'm. you you could see it, but I didn't know it. So I'm glad Brill brought that up, man.
0: No mm-hmm. doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Chefs to, to the motherland. Yes,
2: yes, definitely, definitely. So we're here to talk about the mixtape culture when it comes to DJ Scream. What's going on with you, man? So when it comes to the mixtapes, let me ask you the first question. What was the first mixtape you ever purchased? You remember purchasing as a kid.
0: <laughs> okay, so All right, the, the the first one I actually like paid my money for or the yeah. first one like one of my friends dubbed for me because we're going back to tapes where people would dub tapes either for you or. either or. So I think the first one of the first tapes that was dubbed for me was um, it was a Jelly Freaknik tape, mm. um, and my friend dubbed it for me and it was so it just it, like I couldn't even put it in the word. I was telling Jelly this because we had lunch like a couple months ago like yo bro like. It's cool to have lunch with you and we're cool and shit, but you're DJ Jelly, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I would I would get dubs of J-Team Tapes, Edward J-Tapes. Um, I think Navs did some tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, but shouts to Marco, Tape Masters. Down, shouts down. to Hassan, mm-hmm. Fat Gear. Ooh. Big shout out, Hassan. He's a very big part of everything <laughs> with me. He's friends with my pops, two wrestlers, so... Mm-hmm. Um, When I went in and paid my money for DJ Clue 456, that shifted the mindset, that shifted everything. It shifted everything. I'm having this thought at this young, young, young age, like, hmm, where the remixes are cool and the way that we do tapes in the South is cool that came from the influence of Jelly and Screw and Magic Mike and so many others. Mm. Mm But what if we put some of this doo-wop, clue kind of flavor into and, like, blended it, right? Mm-hmm. But I had $20 to my name, so how am I going to execute <laughs> this idea, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, sounds good. You right. know what I'm but, saying? But, however. Yeah. So when I went out to college, um, I had to get better at... I knew how to DJ, but I didn't necessarily know how to marry a live DJ set to... Recording it and putting it out There's a science to that There's yeah, yeah, a science to artwork is. There's a science to How you mass produce it I didn't understand all that Until mm-hmm. I went to college I'm at Tuskegee And then like There's like We need more tapes
3: mm-hmm. And I
0: don't I can't keep up Again Because I'm working on this $20 budget Trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. try to get it for nothing uh, So Tuskegee Outside of Learning how to be a better DJ Having a DJ for Caribbean people International people Midwest people Who want their house mm-hmm. Okay uh, I just became a, 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 I went to school got my education but I became a sharper businessman and I continued to be a student of what was going on uh, with the hip hop culture even though I'm right here in Tuskegee Auburn kind of selling tapes and just doing my thing but I'm watching the, the rise of uh, Wu Kid you know what I'm saying uh, I think it was like technician DJs had a bunch of DJs mm-hmm. I'm watching everybody back home talking about the Super Friends you know what I'm saying like all of that is going on So by the time I get back, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, holy shit, seems like my idea is starting to manifest amongst other people, which is cool. I'm not mad at it. I'm like, but how am I going to find my way? Like, I run into DJ Drama, who I knew DJ Drama from, Sombre Reptile, when we was on some super underground hip-hop shit. Back, 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 back. back. Like I literally one day, uh, Drama was like setting up, and I'm there because somebody was battling it was four eyes or some shit. I don't know. And uh, he was like, fuck, I left, like, my headphones and some joints at the crib. So I go up to DJ Drama, which I don't know him. He don't know me. I'm like, yo, bro, I happen to be a DJ. Uh, if you want me to, like, just play some shit till you get back, I can just, like, play some shit, right? Oh, no. What's your name? <laughs> Scream. All right, Scream. I'll be back in 20 minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like making it happen without the headphones. He comes back, we start to build our, our friendship there. That's the DJ drama. I know, of course, I met like, uh, I think like Shaquem back then. I was the annoying kid trying to get into SOs to hear Mars and Shaquem upstairs yeah. before Jelly Downs. Like, I'm, I'm that, that was guy. A Friday, that was Friday, the Friday night. Friday, Friday night. out to AG legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like. It was crazy because records broke downstairs but y'all brought records upstairs I remember like I don't know what it was or what y'all had going on with Ray J and the label but they played Wait a Minute like to the Wait point a where I, I just mm. left <laughs> so I gotta get out of here I don't know what they got going on but they were like plastering this record like it was such a dope experience to do all that but let's, let's just say came back kind of saw how everything was going and individually for me it was just like what I do know I can do is really work hard you know what mm. I'm saying so I just kind of just myself solo at first, just putting out mixtapes, coming up with different ideas. Had a designer, but I'm like, kind of my own covers, stuffing it, just the mm-hmm. grind, you know what I'm saying? The stuff mm-hmm. that I feel like Bill's character. Uh, so there were these high school parties that my partner and hood, Rich Rip, and his brother and everybody, recipes to uh to Wallow, and Smurfing everybody, through these big high school parties at the atrium on the east side. Mm-hmm. And they were big and at the time I was DJing them, and like there was a group of kids that ran up to me, forced me to play their records. They later became Crime Op. Like mm-hmm. forced me, like, bro, you gotta play this now. Mm-hmm. Right. Then there's like uh, Trillville, Scrappy, like there's all these people that we went to high school with, just this whole east side synergy going on. And I don't know what I'm a part of, but I become the go-to guy. Mm-hmm. For that. So, yeah, for that. So there was a couple DJs out there, like doing tapes, but I kind of had the stretch of. When I, when I clicked up with Rip, we kind of had the stretch of, okay, we know how to get these tapes from the east side to the west side, which mm-hmm. doesn't seem like much, but that's big. Yeah. So then, like, your crime mob would be like, I heard they playing your shit on the west side,
3: mm-hmm. on a scream
0: tape. I heard they're playing it on the south side, on a scream tape. They got mm-hmm. it from a flea market. And then this buzz just kind of started this building to where all these artists wanted to come, what we had formed as, where well, I had joined into Hoodish. shouts to Rip and the whole homies, and... Next thing you know, it's like, I didn't plan this. Like, I'm the go-to guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just saw one of the questions, so I figured I'd jump ahead of it. So how did I get some of the notoriety? At first, it was like I accidentally became the not- the go-to guy. Now, mind you, I tell people, I had worked on this craft for some years of how to construct a mixtape, how I wanted it to sound, how I wanted it mm-hmm. to look, mm-hmm. and I was still learning the business. But, now I'm getting calls, because you know how it goes. Like, now I'm getting calls from out of town. Like, Yo, we saw your mixtape on the table. I'm mm-hmm. like, how did they? Oh, mm-hmm. the bootleggers, the bootleggers best promoters, Jesus, <laughs> known <laughs> the game. man ever. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not mad, right? So that was just kind of like the uh, the situation, man. Uh, I became the go-to guy that led to a uh, little scrappy mixtape. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Trailville mixtapes. Uh, to Shawty Low mixed mixtapes, to D4WELL, to this person to that person. Lowe introduced me to Rocco. Lowe introduced me to Gucci. Gucci introduced me to this person. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, uh, I have this amazing catalog of just like dope tapes that, that's beating up the streets, you know what I'm saying?
1: So this this was what, early 2000s, like 2000 to 2007? 2000 and, 2003
0: is when I graduated from, from Tuskegee. Tuskegee. Got yeah. It. And came straight back here, and that's when I kind of like really got to it. Uh, along that process, uh financially trying to figure it out. Um, I end up going into Airwax to buy some vinyl and saw flyers for uh a tryout for a tour DJ. But they didn't say who the artist was. It was really kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm trying out, but what how how do I try out? Like, is it well we will tell be. you it's an R and B artist. So I was like, okay, cool. So I go and there's like three, four DJs at the tryout. Respect to those DJs, they weren't much of DJs and I end up getting the gig. Now I still don't know what this gig is. <laughs> so then all of a sudden it's kind of like a TV moment. Like Montel Jordan walks from the back. It's like you DJ from Montel Jordan. now. Like, oh shit, that'll work. I'm with Japan. I'm you Japan. Right. That's in. cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'm you Japan. So, uh, shouts to him, man. Uh, uh, he taught me a lot on that tour, just about the industry. Um, uh, Shadow, y'all might know Shadow's a big uh, record executive. Yep. For, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 was on, he was on that tour. That was some of his humble beginnings. Uh, James rest his Soul, my lifelong friend Remo, I met them on that tour, and we toured around the nation and just kind of learned a little bit more about touring. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, in my head again, just thinking, I'm like, well, touring can support my mixtapes because now I'm able to go to different cities and mm-hmm. hand promoters my mixtapes right. as long as I have a good product so that's mm-hmm. what I would do too and use those trips uh from a, a promotional standpoint and I did that for a little while and then end up kind of like coming back here after the tour uh when he slowed down and just kind of start just shit the ground running with my partner
1: so Anyways. so you said 0 03, mm-hmm. 03, O3 uh sonically in Atlanta I'm trying to, you know, we got several sub-genres. Mm. So that was more crunk era. Crunk. Crunk crunk era. era. It was, was crunk before trap? I mean, b- b- before snap? Yes. yes. Okay, Absolutely. so it was, it was crunk, snap, then trap, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, am, I, am I going yep, that's for correct. the sequence? Mm-hmm. So I remember well, those. Well, are,
0: well, 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 I think that, yes, you're correct. Mm-hmm. But I think that if. The good brother, Tip, was here. He would interject and say, well, now nah, I put trap. out this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know True. what I'm saying? Back then. Yeah. So, uh and then if I go a little deeper, for me, I don't know what we could, if it was deemed trap music, but you did have music from Oot Camp that was street, and you did have Very Diablos, street. and you did yeah. have Ghetto Mafia. Yeah, and, and you,
1: you definitely, definitely have Camp. We had, actually, we had Jelly in there mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. So, so I because I remember the era that you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I associated you with that era. Mm-hmm. So at this time, I don't know if we met yet, but mm-hmm. I felt like you were the go-to guy, like as you said for mm-hmm. for, for that sound, for sure, right? Definitely. And and we all work and we elevate based on association. Mm-hmm. That sound it, it just sounded so different. It sounded so aggressive. It sounded like. Imagine if you were at a big high school football game in Atlanta in in let's say the two schools one school from the east and one school from the west mm-hmm. big ass football game that's what that sound sounded like it sounded like some rowdy mm-hmm. high school kids getting busy and I, I I loved it um 03 um I was I was touring and I was in like the downtown clubs but I knew what time it was from that sonic that energy mm-hmm. You mentioned him wallow the Shout caller. Like he mm-hmm. he was always the one who said, Marzio, you need to bring these records into visions, into mm-hmm. compound. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was my relationship to him. Mm-hmm. Like you you were you were organic. I I got it secondhand, mm-hmm. dude, just to be honest mm-hmm. and, and, and keep it all the way real. Mm-hmm. Um, but you being associated with that, like you had, I was looking at it like, damn, this kid, um, he knows what's next because that was that wave before, mm-hmm. like you said. I remember those records hit the high schools first, right? Mm-hmm. You know how a lot, like let's say Snap, right? Because of D4L in in where they live, like they took their records to the strip club. But I felt like those records that you're talking about. High Hit the high, high school, school first, sure. and then it blew no. up. No. Yeah, when well, yes. they were
0: high schoolers, like they were so fresh out. Like crime mob was fresh out of high school. They were mm-hmm. kids, uh, scrappy, trivial crime mob, and even the other people. And I think that little John saw it and was like, "Oh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like this is let's get at it. This is this is right along the lines of the energy that I pushed. You know what I'm saying? It, so, it was the energy. It, it was yeah, yeah it was the energy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, what I loved about it. Like the knuck of your buck story, it was like, it's all right for me, but it's all wrong. They bring me a scratched up CD, crime mob on it. It's like thirty verses. It's like freaking eight minutes. Like seriously, I still had a CD somewhere, and no one attempted to mix it. They <laughs> didn't even like, we not mixing. Nigga, take it to the club. Like, wow. like, oh, and then the same thing happened when I went to a place called Pool Palace because I kept yes. hearing about mm. Pool Palace and that's how I started to meet some of the brothers on the west side. Yep. And none of this music was mixed. It's just gritty. You can hear the mics boom, 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 yeah. rumbling everything. <laughs> and, 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 and as you think about it, like, I also had a very long run of just, like I said, being a student of the game since like the late 80s of just hip hop. hmm and I heard these same stories from New York hip hop and Cali hip hop. So it kind of hit me like, oh man, I'm kind of being part of a thing. I don't know how big that thing you, no, will you're be. Definitely, you're definitely. A part will. of a thing. But it was, it's like, shit, I got a $20 budget? I got a $20 budget. What's up? With <laughs> <But> this $20, <laughs> and 20, 20 be even, I got 40 yeah. yeah <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So I just did what I kind of could to, uh, you know, <clears throat> support them, not, not knowing. It's just like, I'm playing the. Hottest, crunkest music at the time. Only the Crunk Survivors was was the series mm. where I can just like showcase these records that are coming out. And there were many other people, like Young Capone, who ended up mm. signing with uh Jermaine Dupree. we can Capone, go. Capone, he could write. He could write. He could write. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh you got him, then you got uh, like I said, in the crunk era, there was the whole west side. And it was it was really interesting because here I am on the west side, and I'm in the studio, and I'm the only one from the east side.
1: But so would you say based on based on your history crunk originated on the east side? I mean I know John's a south side person. We we get that but if I had to put my hand on it um I feel like like the east side that's where the energy was coming I think,
0: from. I think the east side dominated crunk and the west side dominated snap. Yes.
1: I could see it. I, I think that's
0: fair. Oh uh, and then like Eventually, you had, like, a hybrid of, like, street crunk, more so with Waka mm-hmm. from the south side, mm-hmm. but yeah, for sure. And then the clubs were a big part of it. The Pool Palace was the home of Snap. Definitely. Definitely.
1: For sure. That's why they um, mention it in the
0: song. <laughs> mm-hmm. The uh, On the east side, like, the Chit Chats and the Club Hollywood, these are the places where I DJ to come up, and like I said, Atrium and all that, like. I want the person that has that atrium footage before Hairbuster was Hairbuster, my bad. And there's like two, three thousand high school kids. Boom, boom. boom. You know what mm. I'm saying? This is before it's mixed, before Lil John, any of that. You know what mm. I'm saying? So definitely, I think they dominated the crunk, like the West Side dominated the snap. So
1: when you talk about technology, you you, you as as a DJ, I experienced exactly what you experienced. So 2003, around this time, I believe that was kind of the the phasing out of records right mm-hmm. remember remember D, we used to carry I used to carry Bio. eight crates two bags mm-hmm. and and the technology was shifting mm-hmm. right it was shifting from that to CDs mm-hmm. right so some DJs you would go to a club and the DJ would have like five books big ass mm-hmm. books open up the books in mm-hmm. the CDs and I remember artists coming to the DJ booth and they would pull a dusty ass CD mm-hmm. out of their back pocket mm-hmm. And it would be like not even a sharpie. It'll mm-hmm. be like almost with a pen written or, on or it, or pencil if you're
0: lucky, <laughs> <laughs> or, nothing, or if nothing if you're not you're lucky. Right, exactly.
1: It'll be ten of their homeboys, dirty white t-shirts. Yo, play this, play this joint, play this joint. Mm-hmm. Um, but that what that did was it gave the ability to the twenty dollar budget rapper. And there I'm not saying it. that in a in mm-hmm. a disrespectful way. Mm-hmm. Twenty dollar budget rapper to come and have his record played. So you, you were all the way on the east side rocking out. Me and my team, we were downtown. Mm. But they were they were wherever they lived, wherever they recorded, they were mm-hmm. able to come to the club mm-hmm. and and I swear I you could see it from a mile away mm-hmm. pulling out pulling out
0: Memor- you know, pointing mm, yeah, yeah.
1: Point to the joint like they just left CVS. Yeah. <laughs> and, guys yeah. Like, point in, and then you would play it and sometimes the C D would skip because they oh, yeah. they had their phone in their back Don pocket. Prince, and everything.
0: Their just just <laughs> And you know what? We hated it, but we love it because That's what it, was it was so it innocent.
2: Is, it, was, it was raw. It, it was reminded
0: raw. me of when I'm watching and they say, we plugged up at the streetlights and he would start rocking out and then rapping. And like, this was like, we all were in high school. No one expected this. Like I was supposed to go to school to be an engineering or computer science person. This <laughs> with the family thought, you know, all of these other brothers were intelligent brothers in high school, made good grades and all this other stuff. And they might have, you know, came from where they came from, but nobody, like, you know what? When 106 in Park came, and I used to look at 106 in Park and see DJs that I knew or DJs I would run to an earwax, run into an earwax or anything, that's when it became a reality that, like, you're part of this. You know these people. You might get your shot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's when it became a reality of I have a chance to be a part of history. Mm-hmm. I have a chance to make this a career. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It just, it just started to kind of just hit me. Now, did I think that from the year... I don't know when you want to say that the South took over the charts, but did I think that that was going to happen from the year 2000 almost to present and it would be such a gridlock on it and that we would have so many hits and so many artists? I knew that we would have a run because the West Coast had We were one. having a run. Yeah. Were already I, having one, but... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we, 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 we were, our run... Atlanta's run, I would say, started. I want to say summer of 03. I would say before that. So, mm-hmm. so what was the record? Damn, to 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 me, to me, to me. On a, I, I remember I was booked in in um Denver, Colorado. I'm playing damn, and this is when we had the two ways, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I the biggest records for me that night was damn. Mm-hmm. And then any Tupac record, it didn't, oh, it didn't yeah, matter what sure. it was. Right, Tupac right. had it because Denver is like a cousin. Denver to the West Coast is what like North and South Carolina is to mm-hmm. us, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember playing "Damn," and I two-way Jermaine like, "Yo, yo, Damn the, the, and Bone Crusher,"
0: mm-hmm. like the, those were the the they yeah, were the, scared for sure.
1: Those were the the first iteration of. And I may be wrong. First iteration of Crunk Records, it had a lot, a whole lot of energy, that that were I felt national. Pastor Troy was definitely moving. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I played Pastor Troy on the West Coast. I don't know if they would have reacted to it. But you already know what he was doing in the South. He was big in Detroit, big. big in Chicago. I think
0: he would have did a video for that. I, tell, I told him that in an interview. Like, if he would have did a music video yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It would yeah,
1: It would have been Different. crazy. Um, so I, I would say this is, to me, our national takeover. Obviously, you had Ludacris prior to that. Mm-hmm. Obvi- they were upper echelon, mm-hmm. like right. a, elite. Hmm. Luda and Ti, so even out there, uh,
0: but that was that was different. Right. Different, yeah, that was different. It's
1: like the foundation. Yeah, that, yeah. So, yeah. so Cass, Luda, and Ti were they were, as you said, the foundation. It, they were elite, so it was they they could cover nationally because they were hmm. again uh, elite. But <clears throat> the underground guys, I feel like started Ying Yang. I mean, not Ying Yang, definitely Ying, but so, young, young Bloods, Young Bloods, is. and Bone Crusher. Because I was playing across the country mm. across the globe and I was playing those records and I saw them work mm-hmm. like so I would say that's so what I'm referring to is probably like late 90s before mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. maybe right at the tip of 2000
0: like, like oh, 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 01 and oh, 02 when Luda got his deal that it, was it, it, such a big moment Yeah, you know it's what, what I'm like. saying Jam so, yeah exactly uh, you know uh, Tip was in between Situations, mm-hmm. but to even with the first album, like what he did to the streets of Atlanta hadn't <sighs> been done before. Right. Just hadn't been done. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, But I, I do, I do agree. Like being on tour, oh three, I had made a joke with uh Remo, and I was like, he's like, yo, yo, that's cool, son. Da-da-da-da-da. Remo he's, from New so, the- York. Yeah, Remo from New York. That's my brother, and. Uh, we are on a tour bus. So I was like, you know what? Because he's a Nas fanatic. And I love Nas, too. I said, Nas, go do a record with Lil Jon. Yo, son, you tripping, son. Go to sleep, son. Go to sleep, son. What you talking about, son? And then it is kind of surreal because as I'm moving around, I'm like, oh, shit, Nas did a song with Lil Jon. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was no it. social media. Right. In the, you know what I'm saying? But I just knew that. I, I, I just knew that. People like Rayquan they used to come here. Jada Kiss, you know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Diff said that this love the South in Atlanta. I mm-hmm. said again, like they're eventually gonna hybrid. They're gonna work with southern more artists, more southern producers. They were working with them, but like on a level of where it's gonna make sense. Like you got Jada Kiss rapping over a little, a little John, John B. B. with
1: with 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 Big Cap entering yeah. the song,
0: right? Well, Like.
1: Yeah, I was at you, the video shoot, and at, you, at the bounce. Right. On mm. vacation. And then
0: you look up in the club, and it's like, it's working. Right. But it's not just working in So, In Atlanta, it's working in New York, it's working in Philly, D.C., is working. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I loved it because I like the hybrid of music. I was so excited when... It was like Tupac, Method Man, everybody, when they did that record. Boom, boom. You know, they had, exactly. Mm-hmm. They got this, a line made up. There yep. was separation and all this other crap, but when they came together, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved Too Short and Jay-Z have a record. I couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. Like,
3: so,
1: you know what's funny, dog? what you're saying about the the relationship between South first and then mm-hmm. artists from the West Coast, um, Midwest and New York, mm-hmm. part of that that hybrid is the culture of Atlanta is so inviting right, for sure. right. so you come down here the guys i don't care mm-hmm. what they're coming down here for the girls yeah right yeah we too got short made a le- whole
0: extra career in <laughs> atlanta right a whole, whole extra, extra career eric
1: sermon did too for sure we, we, we taking it back mm. uh, so you come down here we have the best looking black women on the women on the planet live in atlanta the most edgy the highly educated ones are, they come through the AUC, right? Mm-hmm. So you come down here. You're a rapper from New York. You love the culture. You could drive a car around the city. It's beautiful. There's trees. That that's inviting. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you take them. You know the matriculation. You take them to to uh, a strip club. They see that. Then then they, you take them. Well, Magic City first. You take them to Magic City. Then you take them to Justin's. They see that. Then Tuesday or whatever, they go to the Pool Palace. Mm-hmm. Then Thursday, Friday, they come to, you know, my club's Compound Vision,
3: S.O. whatever.
1: And then someone then, let's say on Saturday, Greg Street says, yo, I'm going to take you to a high school football game. And then they see that, and they Mm -hmm. see that, and I'm circling it back to you because Mm -hmm. that's where, especially Greg Street drove that, Mm -hmm. that energy back over there. And then you see that, so New York is like, I gotta get on it. Like, why would We're not. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) the culture of Atlanta, like, there's so many times, even now, like in current Atlanta, where people come here and be like, black people live like this? Yes. We all the time. You hear that all the time. (laughs) Really? For people. Like, you know where I'm from? You know what black people do where I'm from? And I'm like, yeah, you can, you know, we got our issues in Atlanta, but for the most part, you can come if you get focused, you know what I'm saying? If you got a vision, if you got a great vision, if you can bring something new to the table and you can progress, you know? Definitely. Stop by progression, man. You
1: know, I mean, I, I, we're way off topic. Brill is great at creating like this grid that, <laughs> that, nah, we that we're not gonna use. <laughs> nah, it's all good. It's all good. This is a great conversation, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm cheating. I'm looking at the teleprompter, but I'm like, yo, when he's talking about this, I, as I know, Brill is like, yo, can we get back on? Nah, we good.
2: We're good. This is a great conversation right here. <laughs> yo,
1: man. So, so. I'll ask Brill. I mean, Brill can ask a question about the mixtape series, man.
2: I want to talk about uh, Only the Crunk Survive. That's Mm -hmm. your first uh, mixtape series?
0: Mm. That's the first one that mattered.
2: (laughs) The ones in college?
0: Yeah. I'm like, Jay-Z, I want to talk about the bombs. (laughs) I want to talk about my bombs. I want to talk about the shit that work. You know what I'm saying? But that's the first one that mattered. That's the first
2: one you did when you came back to Atlanta, really? College? Yes. Okay. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It was only the strong survived the logo, crossed out the strong and put Crunk there. Nice. Um man. and it was uh Man, yeah, Cry Mob, Trillville, Scrappy, Lil' John Records, uh, you know, some blends there too. Um if you if you get deep into the east side, like I said, like AFG, heavyweights, uh, young Capone, Baby D. Baby D, anything, mm-hmm. ooh camp, Sammy Sam, mm-hmm. uh Pastor Troy Records, DSGB, it was all mm-hmm. of that. And it was literally just trunk-rattling. And it was kind of inspired from, again, a uh, student in the game. Magic Mike made trunk-rattling CDs. They it were did. put out as albums. But, like, if you didn't have the right speakers for a Magic Mike you project, play. You it, play. it just wasn't going to happen, right? Yeah. So my, my aim with that was to, all right, there's some people – People will drive around in their car like this in Atlanta. They will. You know what I'm saying? And that was one of my goals. So when I actually saw someone DJ screaming, they were like,
1: <laughs> going down Kayla yes, Road. I did it
0: like, those were Crazy. Exactly. Those mm. were those those were like my goals. Uh so as um as we went through Crunk, and I always shout out like me and Rip were together every day, just blueprinting this, masterminding and trying to figure it out. Students of the game. He's like, Man, I just heard this C D um Diddy hosted it, and there's this is guy named Jeezy, and he said this shit finna go a different way. Mm. And this was before the infamous birthday bash, millions of CDs, and all this other stuff. And then and he said, on the street level, there's something going on in the land. There's Some guys here with a lot of money, and they making moves mm. and drama with them. Mm. I was like, okay, cool. I got twenty dollars still, so least... <laughs> <laughs> you got more than twenty dollars at this point. Dog. Maybe a hundred and twenty. dollars Stop being a humble,
1: dog. Right. You got more than twenty dollars. Maybe a hundred and twenty at I, this I, point. I, I,
0: yeah. The bootleggers I mean. are eating. <laughs> right. The bootleggers are eating. I'm riding Alcat's elevators every
1: day. <laughs> I'm hearing your name. I'm downtown. Remember, I, at it, that time I'm driving in my lane. It, my lane. It, you know Ogu. where I was,
0: Mars, at that time. I was working at the Guitar Center. Wow. Wendy mm-hmm. Hill wrote. And Mr. Collis Park would come in, everybody would come in, like, yo, bro, what are you doing here? Like, mm-hmm. I'm working. <laughs> so I'm paying my two way bill. They, they two-way. <laughs> my wow. Motorola two way bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you Pro know bang. what I mean? Oh, but then eventually I, I walked out and I stepped out on faith. Mm-hmm. Um, And there was something we was talking about right before this.
1: Jeezy. The, 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 oh, yeah, the, the climate change. Mm-hmm.
0: Shouts to Bachi. I was doing, I think, Fluid and Buckhead, or something see, like that. See, mm. see what I'm saying? I, and, see? And, see? And, <laughs> and, 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 and no, but I saw it change. Like, they brought me in to do like crunk sets. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The summer. But my crunk sets, to be honest, by the end of summer, weren't crunking.
2: Right. in like that.
0: So here's shouts, I think it was C Dub, or I, I can't remember who I was DJing, but like, here comes the street sets. Trap music. And then there's a little less of this, and a little more, of just this. Mm hmm. So I'm like, my man's was right. This shit is changing. So we started to kind of plant the seeds for a street series. And it was called Heavy in the Streets. Mm -hmm. And only the crunk survived. Like, I think the last one I did was the Snap Edition. Mm -hmm. Fabo loved it. And it was all the Snap stuff from the West Side. Mm -hmm. But I had to salute and shout out T-Rock because he was the person like, I'm like T Rock should be doing a snap mixtape. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I really come from Crump, but here I am with D4L. I'm their tour DJ and mm-hmm. my brothers. Uh, but I had to just put all those records out there because it was too many of them. Too many. And they were just loosely floating. And I had versions, like you said, it wasn't on vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, I had yeah. versions of yeah, this we didn't have that people didn't have. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I think that was one of the last ones I did and we kind of transitioned to heavy in the streets and of course. The women wanted the R&B series, so So Seductive came. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun, you know what I'm saying? Because I felt like at that time, R&B had become like underground. It was great R&B music, but it wasn't like- Played in the clubs, it wasn't well, a priority. Everybody too busy doing yes. this.
1: Yo, <laughs> can I tap on that? Please. Please. I guess, like, like to your point, I, um, backing it up, uh, a little bit if, if, if I for me if I put a song on that moment it was Money Over Here with Jeezy mm-hmm. and Bun B that's what's, that's, that's, what changed. that's so because I remember when that record came out it, this was you know John could probably give me a better timeline but mm-hmm. when that record came out to your point the clubs looked different mm-hmm. like the clubs BMF literally change the trajectory mm-hmm. of the parties because prior to that, everything was, mm-hmm. it was post-AG, Bad Boy era. Def, it was definitely Snap, mm-hmm. um, which was fun mm-hmm. because because the Snap records would come from the strip clubs on the West Side. They would go from the strip clubs on the West Side to Magic City mm-hmm. and all the hustlers and all of that energy mm-hmm. would come to my clubs and be like, yo, mm-hmm. play that. Mm-hmm. Boom. So So I had to play it. So it was it was fun because uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 mm-hmm. uh, all of that, but then when money came, um, we getting money over here. That black T-shirt, That,
0: was it. <laughs> black t- <laughs> that was it. it went it went <laughs> yeah. into a different, different. You know, and then Crunk was just fun. Yeah, right. so there was Still nothing is. attached to. Doesn't matter how much money you had. Right, if you had enough money to get to the club to throw balls, and fight. Then. You That's good. it. That right? was
1: that was your entry.
0: When this wave came, you know, people started buckling down and focusing on the money. Myself Period. included. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm listening to Jeezy and I'm like, this is Tupacish, man. Like what he's saying makes sense. Like trap or die. Like, mm-hmm. it's time to get money because it's out here, regardless of what your hustle is. It doesn't have yeah. to be illegal. But when you started to see the the change of like You know, you could have a classic Caddy or Caprice in Atlanta. You could have these classic cars, which you still love to this day. But then I start seeing these cars I've never saw in person. Like, oh, shit, it's a Rolls Royce in person. A Bentley in in person. In person. In front of it.
2: Right.
1: There's Lambos in person in front of it. A lot of them. Right. Uh, It's almost like a high-end dealership at Visions on a Tuesday. Visions on a Friday or Thursday, what have you. Yeah, yeah. that back parking yes. lot. The yeah, hill. Yes,
0: and the and the infamous party. I get I get them uh, confused because I think one was for the album, one was for the mixtape. But the infamous party, which was at Visions, I'm sure you were there for what Jay Z came to one of Jay Jay Z's. That was the party, album release party. The album release party. They like shut
2: down tenth in the uh, where it was Street. like.
0: Thank God for Gray Street because it was like five hundred dollars get in or some crazy. And I'm just out there at the time. I'm kind of like fucking with the hitmen DJs. And like, Grace like, come on, I got you. Like, I'm like, cool, cause AG ain't playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a helico sign and get in the AG yeah. club. But that night was, but noodles. Yeah, it's just one of those nights. You know what I'm saying? It's electric. Like, it's just you one can of feel those, it. You can feel it. Like it's just one of those nights where you're in there and you're like, you gotta be happy for Jeezy, whether you know him or not, because yeah. he did it.
1: He did it. Drama you know was a part Drama of all of that. Drama was a part of
0: that. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of DJs that... Jeezy G- 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 always show love to the DJs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Saluted them. Uh, Jay was there. Was Beyonce there? I know I Jay remember. was there. I don't remember. I think Meach was... Meach was definitely there. Was, was there, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and it was just a moment of black culture. Like, this is... This, this is where we're at. It, it just means so many different things to me. To, to some people, it might be... Uh, Oh, the streets and BMF and this and blah, 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 blah. blah. We get that. But it opened up the doors of Atlanta of what everybody could accomplish. Everybody felt like a part of Jeezy's shit. You see what I'm saying? Like. Cause we bumped them, we supported them. The records was crazy. This crazy. Thing, the they played Everybody the mixtape in the clubs. You know what like, I'm saying? Everywhere, yeah. like, everywhere. <laughs>
1: you always heard drums drops in those mm-hmm. records in the clubs. Yeah. At first, that's the only place you could get it. Right. Was 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 from from that tape. Mm-hmm. So the the difference between that era and let's say the '90s, when when the collaboration between Bad Boy and Social so Death and Ag, right? So. So bad boy weekends in the '90s. You, this is how you knew the clubs was going to be popping. Mm-hmm. You can go to Linux. You go to the Versace mm-hmm. store, and, and and depending on where you were on the social scale, mm-hmm. they would or would not sell you that item that weekend. Mm-hmm. they be like, nah, Usher came to buy that. We can't mm-hmm. let you get that. Mm-hmm. Nah, Puff came to buy all of that. Can't let you get that until mm-hmm. Monday. Mm-hmm. This is no joke. The, the era that you're talking about, it switched. That's the heavy Jersey era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you would go to distant replays. They'd be like, nah, nah. Oh, yeah. Fab
3: got it.
0: Jeezy got it. got it. Fab got it. Jeezy got it. Go to Walters. LeBron got it. Yeah. Go to it. yep. it. it. Walters. It. Yep. Yes. Walters. It's over with.
1: I was just about to say that. You go to <laughs> Walters. Walters, holler at Sean. Yeah. They'd be like, yo, we had a bunch of 10 and a halves, but Blue Da Vinci came in right. and copped them all. Like, like, like. So it was... In the 90s, partying was... Little well, a lot more high end. Mm-hmm. In that era, it was definitely street. Mm-hmm. It exclusive game was popping off with his fly jerseys. Mm-hmm. It, it was definitely street, mm-hmm. but it was it was like couture. Uh, high-end vehicle level because I didn't see those cars out there in the nineties, even at the, the bad oh boy weekends I, I didn't see that. I didn't see a succession nah. of Lambos outside, nah. yeah. Ferraris outside. I you might see Jermaine. Might yeah, Puff Jermaine, Jermaine, Puff. <laughs> Jermaine <laughs> or yeah, one of yeah, those. That, that was it. That was it. Nah I didn't even think
0: those cars were real.
1: Bro, yo, I I pulled up on G Z one time. I was meeting him at his um at his office uh we talking about his birthday parties last year. He pulls up in his white Bentley truck. It looked like a cloud,
3: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, it.
1: So, so in relation to that era, the money. Mm-hmm. We all, you know, mm-hmm. leave the, the that there. The money. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and, and 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 these people had the money, and this is the beauty of Atlanta. Not saying everyone, but they also was making moves, too, like, they're mm-hmm. buying real estate, you know what I'm saying? Uh, women is taking the money from this era. This, some of those beauty salons still stand to this day. To this day, you, you right. You know what I'm saying? So it was an economy shift and it was a, a, a mindset shift, um, and while that was going on in that world, you gotta think, the seeds were being planted at a club crucial, Heavy. you know, um, at several clubs for They wanted to, okay, now here's Jeezy's story, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm around knowing that Shawty Lowe wants to tell his story. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows Lowe, even Jeezy knows Lowe. Rocco wants to tell his story, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So this is the embodiment of what we call trap music, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And everybody's telling their their story of, uh, you know, them being in the streets and how they Mm progress and got their money. Mm -hmm. But it was still always namely focused on progression and getting money. Now I don't know when it changed, but at some point it just kind of changed into something I don't fully understand. Right. And I think that that kind of, um, influences our streets right now when people are like, what's going on here? What happened? Something happened. Was it about money? Nah, it just happened. Mm-hmm. It, right. Because back then I understood the streets enough to know that yo, so-and-so and so-and-so into it about some money. So at the club tonight, just, No, you know what I'm saying? But it's about some money. And then a lot of times it is about females and women. That's since the beginning of days, right? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times this time it's about, well, I think he left a comment on so-and-so's Instagram page and they didn't like that. Like it's a different climate. You know what I'm saying? Different climate, yeah. So not to be the old nigga, but it's just something when people ask me like, why don't you do as many mixtapes? And why this and that? It's not that I'm not capable. It's not that I don't even have like an outlet to do some of them. It's just that... I kind of align with the artist. Maybe I'm kind of stuck that to the artists that say, "Hey, I came from this, and this is where I want to go, or this mm-hmm. is where I'm going." Mm-hmm. Not the artist that like, and no disrespect to anybody, but this is not the artist that's just like, "Yo, fuck everybody, I want to kill everybody." Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying for no reason. Right yeah. now, you I want to ask you mean? a
2: question about the mixtapes. You mentioned, you know, a couple of things, drama. You mentioned Jeezy. Now. 2007 when the raid happened in the mm-hmm. Everybody knows about the uh, raid the affiliates office. It changed the whole mixtape dynamic across the country, across the globe, basically. yep. It seems that at that point, you progressed even more. You got even hotter in the streets. Because I remember at the time, after the raid kind of died down a little bit, mm-hmm. drama came back out with some mixtapes a little bit. Mm-hmm. DJ Bill uh, Black Bill Gates was uh, mm-hmm. still in the streets. Mm-hmm. But you... I mean progression. I think you would just take it to a whole other level. I remember I seen your stuff at Kickstand spot downtown. Your brother, yep. Like your mixtapes were everywhere. So what took well, you to that next level after the raid?
0: When 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 it when so that that day when it happened, first off I was like, in real life, I'm thinking like, cause I just know a little bit about the legal world. It's like y'all know y'all fucked up, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we
1: all thought that CDs.
0: I think y'all went in there trying to find some other shit, right? My yeah. well, man makes CDs. That's it. Uh, that he sanctioned to make, right? right. Exactly. Well, you <laughs> hearing the plaques from the RIAA, <laughs> the same people that's taking me down. So, yeah. like, uh, when I heard through the grapevine that it was a signature bond, I was like, they know they fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think everybody, I don't know the whole story, but the people behind that case were fired, whatever the case is. But me sitting there talking to Rick, Rick was like being that I got other charges in the streets that were more intense than CDs let's go make some more CDs because if they're going to lock us up for CDs like, what are we going to do we'll here you, like we'll take that we'll take yeah. that you know what i'm saying like he's 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 had his run in with other stuff and you know you know we progressed past that and for me i was like let's do a CD and just put free drum and free cannon on it and we just Put together like some new records and all this other shit and just put it out to the streets and it was everywhere and it was a little weird because you, you had some people that were inviting like give me the work give me the cds then you had other people that it were ducking, like no oh, it's us worse than crack like mm-hmm. keep that away from me but my thing is like man you got to stand for something and uh i think it's no uh mystery that in the mixtape game you can make some money mm-hmm. now we much time we got to get into that? But there's also overhead that comes with that. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? So uh, these CDs that are going out, that bootleggers make a lot of money off of too, right? These CDs are going out. You got to manufacture. You got to do There's a lot that goes on with it at the time. So I think what should have happened and- he's probably glad it didn't happen that way because it made him larger than ever. When I saw drama on CNN, I was like, it's over. He's it's never, over. He's never going to speak to in me a, again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> over in a, in a great way. Over <laughs> in a, in a in great, great way, way right? Oh, but, you know, even to this day, like I feel like the relationships between labels and DJs, not just mixtape DJs because I've done radio and I've done all this, and I tell them this, and sometimes I get into it with them, it's not necessarily balanced or fair. Because what should have happened is what drum. I think that's why it's so he's so passionate about having this run again. Mm-hmm. These are legitimate digital mixtapes, same vibe. Like y'all could have came to the culture and said, we want to do it this way and get y'all some paper legit. However, right? And I guess you get a shot at that with your DJ album, but it's just something about a mixtape, that gritty mixtape from the streets. The Ooh. whole time that situation was going on, then we literally walk around like, oh, ha, 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 y'all next. And they're like, shit, come get us. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cause we don't feel like we doing nothing wrong. Like we're getting, yeah. we're getting this music from the artists. We're getting this at the time I'm getting music from. I was so happy. I think I still got it. When I got my first cease and desist, I was so happy. <laughs> because I was like, y'all are the same people that are blowing me up trying Compliance. to get these artists on your tape. On my mixtapes. Yeah.
2: And yeah. some of your biggest uh mixtapes came out after this era. I mean, shorty roll yeah. mixtape. Gucci man mixtape, yeah. the Rocco mixtape, yeah, Future mixtape. So
0: well, I wasn't willing to stop because a lot of that was emotion. I know the drive and the passion that Lo had, and again, we we probably all had this moment. You just know when you hear like Lo made on the man in these records, but mm-hmm. when I was in that studio and heard they know, like literally, it was chills all up and
1: down. And you heard it
0: before oh my the God. Word. He was Raw. like, bro, I'm finna take it the street tonight, tonight. And I'm like. Shit, not if I don't link it first. <laughs> <laughs> not if I don't link it first. So now Street, Street Played It. I literally put it on a, a Heavy Streets 10, mm. uh, one verse, unmixed. It didn't even matter. Didn't even matter. Just you crazy. It was a hit. You it, back. it was. I'm the Man ex... was a
1: big, I mean, still is yeah. a big record. What yeah.
0: Um, yeah. they know. Yeah. And then, and then I had an XM show at the time. So, like, I had to kind of tell Leo G at the time. He was the PD. I was like, yo, man, listen. Y'all brought me here. Like, I'm going to fuck shit up. I'm mm. going to be playing record. What is this record? And I'm like, yo, you, just, you trust me, you don't coach. Like, that's just that. <laughs> that's and what then he mean. was like, yo, you're, some of those records, you are so far ahead on. I just, knew, when Dana, and to see, I had the privilege of a week later to see the record didn't come out for a while. I had the privilege of a week later hearing Dun Dun, way before the world. Mm. He's like, what you think? It's cool. Is is low asking you that? Yeah, it's cool. That's how I always deal with artists. Mm-hmm. Like I could be losing my fucking mind. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm like, hard. Yeah, it's hard, bro. It's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Make another one. Of- and then and a week later, I go back and I hear "Foolish." Now I got to give him his flowers. I'm like, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a rapper, bro. He had mm-hmm. a, he had a, he
1: had a great run. Um, what, so if you look at like the the placement of Atlanta, right, mm-hmm. especially in relation to this conversation we're talking about,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Eastside High Schools. Right, well, I mean, there's high schools all over the A, but the East Side high schools push crunk, right? Mm-hmm. The West Side strip clubs push, pushed uh, trap, right? Mm-hmm. And then what would happen is those records would make it to me downtown,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, so I'm well aware of what you got going on over here. Then I see, I see the movement mm-hmm. from here over here, and then to the south side with Walker, right? I see it. So behind closed doors, I'm literally watching you break records, mm-hmm. and I'm saying to myself, because I'm paying attention to the movement of the energy, I'm saying, okay, he's on that. I got to get on it. Like, like certain records, it didn't make sense for me to be up on them first mm-hmm. because my audience wasn't... Wait, they f- were not for yeah, that. Yeah, right. they wasn't for that. Was different than Atlanta, But I knew what I had to pay attention to. Like, I knew, <clears throat> it's like you watch the weather and you realize that the storm is coming. Like, I knew I had to know what was coming even before I, w- I had to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I knew listening to the strippers and the hustlers that would come to my spots, like, that's how I found out about the records y'all was playing mm-hmm. at the, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. at, at at your spots, the chit-chats, and then and then the the strip clubs, because they would come and tell me. Hustler so-and-so would be like, yo, um, Nando played this, done-done. Mm-hmm. You know, Monday, mm-hmm. everybody went crazy. Shorty mm-hmm. Lowe was in, You got to play it. Mm-hmm. So then I would get the record, and I would wait. Because remember back then, the clubs closed at 3, but those people wouldn't get to the club until 2. Two. So 30. I
3: would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> 2.30. So I had
1: to wait until, yeah. they, because I knew they could appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So what used to happen in the clubs then was I would wait and I would play those records when all when the when the black t shirts came in the mm, club it was something mm, mm. it was something different but the black t shirt gang made the rest of the club go crazy because they would you visions you'd be looking up in the, the vi and you would see that and then me and Fahrenheit would play those joints mm. and they would go crazy but it was because of y'all breaking it literally y'all would p- play it Monday Tuesday then Thursday at Visions, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even like to use that term, mm-hmm. but, you, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, You, yeah. you know the rotation. And,
0: then, and I, I, think the, I think the beautiful part of that was then, that's from a business standpoint when I started doing some things to make extra money because, you know, the DJing can have his peaks uh, and valleys. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing like, we're, we're doing, me and Rip, like marketing and consulting. So I'm like, we're building like a pipeline to get, because, the ending spot is to have your record played at compound, peak time, wall-to-wall on a special night. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, you know, that's just as big as having your record played on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can start here. Like, how, how does it start? Well, we didn't have lounges then, you know what I'm saying? It was clubs, so you get, you got your hood clubs. So you have to go to Bankhead to Club Crucial. Got to. You got to go. When you leave there, you got to go to the Blue Flame. Got to. You see what I'm saying? Like, you have to go to these spots. You got to slap hands with the DJ. Sometimes it ain't even about the music. Like, Swamp all got to like you. t rock got to like you. Mm. Might not like you. <laughs> Fuck your music. I don't like bro vibe. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you got to go build a rapport, build a relationship with them. Then when your record gets played, it's not like... It's like hip-hop in the 90s in Brooklyn when Wu-Tang went to... It's now You're on Bankhead and you want... You sure you want them to play your record? You're on Bankhead. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I know my shit harder. Bankhead. Up. Boy, get Quit. out of here. <laughs> Boy, get out of here with that. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So it's like you had to go build a, that rapport. We used to run people through flea markets. You mm-hmm. just go run, How the bootleggers. What? The people going to sell on music. Bro, you want the bootleggers.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: No matter if they're American, African, foreigners, whatever, you want the bootleggers. Now, another science is an inexperienced record label or artist is going to go, I got heavy pockets. I'm going to strip club to fuck it up, right? You're going to get swallowed. When you go to Magic City Monday, you're going to get swallowed. Your budget's not like that. At all. Go in the afternoon time to Onyx. Go build a rapport with strippers. One of the biggest street teams for Rich was strippers. And a lot of times, I'm not even, I'm there to get wings or whatever, but we spend a lot of time in the strip clubs. Cooling in six, seven, eight o'clock before the big hype. Mm. Just to build a rapport with strippers. Next thing I know, I, when I sat down with a couple of artists, they were like, "Bro, I don't know what the fuck you be doing to these strippers, boy." But they damn near threatened me like, "If you don't do a tape with Scream, I ain't fucking with you." Mm. I'm like, oh wow, that money was what money well spent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So it's a science. It's a science in the culture to Atlanta and breaking the record that I think labels didn't understand and still don't understand that it's not just something that could be purchased because if it could just be purchased, everybody would just purchase it. -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. also a filtration process, even if you're a big artist of maybe that ain't the record. Even if you're the biggest artist, Mm -hmm. maybe that record ain't it. Mm -hmm. Has that dawned upon you? (laughs) Some of the hottest artists in the world come back from their second project and that first record ain't it. They might still have it, Mm -hmm. but it might not be it. So you just gotta understand even when I consult to this day, when you come to Atlanta, you're trying to get motion as an artist, right? Mm. Seeing is believing. So it's cool to be at Lennox or Phipps or this or that in the third, but do something lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Do something that embodies the lifestyle. Go to a restaurant, sit down. You know what I'm saying? And if you're talking whatever you're talking on that records, and we want to be smart and be safe, but if you're talking whatever you're talking on that records, people won't want to see it in Atlanta. That's what, mm. what it is. That's what It is what it is. When you marry those two together, then now you have... It's all part of breaking the record. Of course, the DJs were a massive part of it. Period. But, man, we don't see some records come through this city that every DJ was playing, and it just didn't stick.
1: It didn't stick. So, Hoodrich, you guys were—I'm um, listening to your story. You guys were a consulting company?
0: We did marketing, consulting. If you open the D4L album, it says uh, marketing from DJ Scream, and Marcos Rippey hood rich entertainment uh we helped put that project together and that was just the 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 uh the the, the, the knowledge we had gained from really doing mixtapes because we're executive producing these mixtapes sometimes mm. I put I remember putting Mike will with two chains two chains tells that story uh putting a lot of producers with a lot of artists that made big hits I didn't understand publishing back then I wish I do it have uh, but you know just putting people together putting features together Calling a rapper and telling them this record's not good, getting cursed out, getting threatened—you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, I want to take these two records out the mixtape. You can
2: tell me the fuck doing my music, bro. You Mm -hmm. DJ, man. Okay, bro,
0: you (laughs) might be right. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of that was just part of it. So we kind of just learned from all of that, and uh, we, yeah, we were we were part of kind of openly and silently of helping a lot of people structure and get their projects together, and you know, building the synergy between people. So it was a company that. At the time we did that, but then we began to house uh, DJs. I think we got up to like fifteen mm-hmm. DJs that just made sense. Even with that, that was weird because MLK is my friend. So to this day, like I don't talk to MLK about music. Like we you don't. Just talk. That's, that's, that's that's not, home, not what yeah. we do. Yeah, so yeah, that's the homie. I think it was me, MLK, maybe Spence. BG and Spins at a club one time, and then the DJ was like, the hood rich DJs in the building were like, that's corny, we're not hood rich DJs. This is my pe- people, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like So now I got people saying, how can I be down with y'all? And it's like, I don't even know the process, because I don't want to be around a bunch of people I don't know or don't like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I know that. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh it just kind of built to a respectable 15, and we kind of stopped let me give there.
2: You, let me give you your flowers real quick. When it comes to the Atlanta mixtape DJ crews, like there's King Eric J, there's own mm. um Camp, there's mm. Affiliates, there's mm. Super Friends, and then there's y'all, Hood Rich. Y'all definitely, like, took the crown. Proud of my brothers. Proud of ready. my brothers. So proud of Spins. Spins is
0: a multi-platinum producing producer. And I remember the day where he was like, bro, I'm gonna start making beats. And I'm like, I just believe in you, bro. I don't care mm-hmm. what you do. I believe in you. Like, mm-hmm. we with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we went through that whole process of taking the beats to some rappers and them kind of not being that excited to... A year later, yo, where's spins? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, went through that process, proud of everything uh, Black Bill Gates has accomplished, MLK, you know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm proud of all my brothers. Swamp Bizzle, you know what I'm saying? The progression of all my brothers. I know it's a lot more. I'm not going to name everybody, but mm-hmm. I'm proud because there was a moment where, um, you know, Rick was like, do we want to do that? Do we want to make it a thing? Like, do we want to? I said, man, DJ Crew sounds stressful. It's a lot of politics, and... Um, I don't know, but what I what I'm okay with is studying again the hip hop culture. I don't think Cameron is Cameron without Jim Jones, Joel Santana, and opening the doors for these other people. Sure. So I always wanted to open doors for other people. So for if sure. I can help, gotta give them all their credit for doing the work. I'm not taking the credit, but if I can help open the door with this brand that you know we created and and, and open doors for other people to create a career. And mm-hmm. show them right. how mm-hmm. not to bump their head. Then sure, let's do it, and it end up being a big blessing. Right. Yeah.
1: So you got a whole lot. Even before we turn the cameras on, we're talking about finance and in mm-hmm. in taxes and mm-hmm. saving money. What I, What I'm getting from you, um, and this is my first time hearing all of this. Mm-hmm. Like your business structure is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like like it's it's incredible. One thing I definitely want to touch on you know, this is my space, um, touring. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm. you touring with a bunch of artists, you toured with, you know, the artists that you're relative to, but then you toured with, with Rick Ross mm-hmm. and all of that. Like, talk about that experience.
0: Touring is amazing, but it's a very scary space. Um, touring doesn't come with uh, a retirement plan. Touring doesn't come with health insurance. Touring doesn't come with a lot of things that... Because, um, you, you know, like, when tours stop, they just stop. Period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then if you're dope, you'll get on with someone else, and if you know what you're doing with your finances, you'll be fine. Uh, but touring with artists and touring on my own, being blessed for people to just kind of, like, book me and touring on my own, the thing is, it's like... First off, I think time... Is, is the proper term time stay still? or like, Where does the time go when you tour? You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I got little cousins that were born and the next thing they're like graduating middle school so shit I'm like I missed all of this and then you know uh, with touring too holidays aren't popular so there's no such thing as I don't want to do this because the artist is going to go on the holidays so they can get paid more double more. or triple or whatever the case yeah. is um, I think that every DJ should tour because it's going to build again that character um being on the schedule, being on someone else's schedule, being on point, doing sound checks, like people don't understand how important the tour DJ is to that live performance that you see. Sometimes they have um, bands there and everything that's cool, but like it's, it's you're, you're really the quarterback of the whole situation. Like when you look at Green and Nas, when you look at Infamous, so many people, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at so many of these, like the DJ is so important. But I think that touring and me having all this on my plate, where well, you're responsible for making sure that, because a lot of times rappers ain't even gonna go to a sound check. So here I am on sound check, flicking the mic against the monitor, making <laughs> sure it's not squeaking and this and that, and making sure they got extra batteries and this and that. And next thing you know, I'm caught up into some managerial shit, picking up some passes and doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is all the stuff that goes along with touring for our artists. I think that everybody should do it, A, because. It's a free lap around to travel and meet no people movie. and promoters and people and just dope people i met great friends on the road uh be like i said it it, it uh it, it it creates that character and you know i think it's just an unmatched moment you know what i'm saying Well, you could get in front of that many you're not getting in front of that many people in a club i don't care how mm. big the club is no you're not when mean. it's 20 30 000 people and you're like, oh shit. Like, so whatever I say do, y'all gonna do it. Put your hands up. They put their hands up. <laughs> fall on the fucking ground. They fall on it's the fucking. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. it's an it's it's unmatched experience. I think that every DJ should tour, do a mixtape or some type of mixtape or playlist mm-hmm. and do radio. Now mm. let me ask
1: you this. Like, mm. so you you just mentioned three different DJs. That's three different skill sets. It's mm-hmm. like you have a you have a football team, right? You got mm-hmm. the quarterback, you have the running back, you have the wide receiver. Yeah, they all pull up, put on the uniform, but not everybody is Brady, not everybody mm-hmm. is Tony Dorsett, mm-hmm. not everybody is Randall Randy Moss, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't on the opposite. I don't think every DJ should be because I've seen I've seen certain DJs from certain classes mm-hmm. on stage. And they shouldn't. They they yeah. that guy or girl but shouldn't I, be there. I feel
0: there. like you need that bomb. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you need it for that because you know, seriously, Mars. Like here, here, here's where it is with me. I you can't do radio. That's what I was told.
2: Yeah, I was going to talk to you. All
0: right, I'm on serious, It lasted 18 years. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. I did local radio. They told me I couldn't do everyday radio. I did everyday radio. I Winning ratings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've done radio. All right. <laughs> All right, well you do mixed taste. there's no way you can, in the club. Okay. Now, people are kind of pleasantly surprised. I don't do a lot of clubs, right? But they're kind of like, oh shit, I didn't know. Bobby Black one time, we were doing a spot together, Club He's like, oh shit, I didn't know you could DJ, nigga. Like, shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, yo, you know, I salute you too. Like, I salute dope DJs. Mm-hmm. I come from DJing parties, house parties, and if you went to a HBCU, <laughs> I know how to DJ a party. Um, High school parties. Right. Now, tours is a different dynamic, but you need that bomb because I feel like that's what separates the boys from the men. Mm. You know when they say hip-hop, master of ceremony, mm. meaning as in, fuck your music. If I give you a mic, what can you do? Mm. You see what I'm saying? That's can, can we go in that direction? We can go wherever. <laughs> we, because if you give me—bro, there's been—I've been overseas. So you know overseas, it can get tricky. And I've had like, oh shit, they don't speak English. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I gotta figure it out. So How I'm going you? deep into well, they gotta know Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, you go Michael deep.
1: Michael Jackson, they get no Tupac.
0: Unrehearsed sets are the best sets until yeah. you can do an unrehearsed fuck your playlist mm-hmm. and your Serato. Until you can do an unrehearsed set and move that crowd. 5,000, 20,000, 30,000 that you need to put yourself in the space of who and what you really are and I'm not saying I'm like that, I'm just saying I'm still here you know what, I mean? you <laughs> you know know what I'm know. Yo, it's just the truth it's just the truth because Go ahead. you got your and, and I love them you got your social media DJs <laughs> no. get there they got their fire records and then after them fire records it gets tricky and then we're like, screen ready? Nope, I'm not ready <laughs> you do that not ready. on purpose. I'm yeah, not you, ready. You do it. You fall back. I'm not ready. You're. You know I me. Mean? You're. Hey. You know what I'm saying because it, it it got weird in the circuit. Like they start saying, well, we're gonna pull a little bit off of you because we got a social media DJ. A chick would have had. And I'm listen. It's not hating. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, just it's that. Not. Man, listen. Like, don't overthink the DJ shit. Like, yeah. And don't. this is to promoters and concert. You go get great DJs. Right.
2: You're right about that. Yo, real quick, I just want to use this word a couple of times in this conversation, progression. Mm-hmm. That's when it, when it comes to you. We had this conversation. We used to work at the radio station back mm-hmm. in the day. You went from mixtape DJ to radio DJ, mm-hmm. tour DJ. Now you're a podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and I couldn't do that either, by the way. Oh, you're what, fucking losing you. your mind. Mm-hmm. You so, want to do a podcast now, really?
1: I'm going to keep it real with you. Uh, when we built this platform, um, our, our Behind the Tape podcast series, Brill, and I'm giving Brill the credit. I'm giving both of y'all flowers. Brill was a lot of times saying, yo, we need to study this. You and Beehive. like mm. he, he would say, yo, Mars, yo, I know you're busy, but this is what we need to study to, to see where our success needs to come from. Like mm. basically using you guys as a blueprint mm. in, in the most positive. Like yeah, I'm, no, that, I'm, no, I'm not lying to you. No, like that's he, good. No, we, should all, we yeah.
0: should all do that. Bro, I used to look at DJ Mars like, hey, I gotta figure out, like, this nigga's different. <laughs> like, Mars will, as I've saying it before, Mars will fuck a club up and leave, like, nigga, the lights won't come back on. Like. Right. So I was like, that, that, we all gotta give each other our flowers, just knowing when each other's, when, with the day the kid, Capri, I just ran into him, and he was like, yo, you doing your shit? I'm like, who, who's doing this shit? Who you trying to? Scream, right? I'm like, you know who the fuck, you know, huh? Mm. Like, those are those moments that, that we work for, so we all gotta just Salute each other.
1: It's right. yeah, and, and wrong. Study. Yeah, and it's nothing wrong with that. Right. No, no, it, it's not it's, Study, right? Just like, just like, if you're becoming a mathematician, you study math. Let
0: me say this; I just have to, but, but, please define the fine line between studying and biting. That's exactly yes. where right. my point was yeah, going. Yeah, don't bite. Studying study is good.
1: Studying to to see what the outline is, but then you put your own words. own flavor in, in, on it, right? To, uh, uh, again, you know. To your credit, because you you were you are who me and Brill watch. To Brill's credit, he was saying, "This is a successful path, Mars. You and Beehive's movement. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to watch this to see what it is." And that was kind of like the the overall arching blueprint. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, you know, as Dre said, South has a lot to say, something to say rather. So we needed a voice. Coming out of Atlanta. You guys, you guys got to the game before we did, but watching y'all taught us how to do what we're doing. So mm-hmm. clearly you can see it, it's not by we have yeah, we yeah. have a very strict uh uh um um outline in terms of what we're talking yeah. about. But the science, the the studying, the paying attention to a winning combination, it came from Brill saying these guys in our own city mm-hmm. we run into all the time. These guys are the masters at it. So I just want mm-hmm. like, like, to, like real say, give flowers, man. Like, that's one of those things we got to give y'all flowers. None, we work too.
0: really hard. Salute to uh, High, Dirty Glove, 85 South. There's more Period. Here, right here, but yes. there's a lot of people doing great things for um, Atlanta media, and I think it's real important.
1: Yeah, man. You know, so, you know, we thank you for coming out, mm-hmm. first of all. That's
0: it. I
1: thought we had another
2: two hours. <laughs> I didn't tell those stories yet. I got to go buy a truck. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, yeah, we, 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 we got to go too. buy some, We're some at, trucks. We got to be back on the show, yeah. definitely. Definitely. <laughs> to talk more about the mixtapes, talk more about you know your whole career and what you got going on. So definitely, yeah, for sure. where can people find you at, man? No
0: yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, www.bigfactspod.com. That's for everything Big Facts. Uh, TheScreenFoundation.org. That's my foundation that supports the youth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got a big back to school coming up, and that's just about... Um, Uh, just supporting the youth, man. Like, uh, I tell people a lot of times, like, I could not afford those turntables. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? But something in me told me that I needed those turntables. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, from hustling... Bootleg tapes, not even mixtapes, and selling candy at school so that I could save up money to get some turntables. My parents don't hear nothing about no turntables. We're trying to pay these bills. How about that? You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? so just to take the martyr down to earwax, just to buy four pieces of vinyl from Jack. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. these are all just part of the story. So we just try to instill in the youth that whatever it is you want to do, you can do it but let's be realistic about how you're going to meet your goals. It's not always overnight. It's not going to be handed to you. Social media can make it that way, but that's what the foundation is about. And, of course, Hooded Rich Radio still lives. iHeartRadio. Radio. Check that out on the weekends. And, um, yeah, at DJ Screen. Get at here me. Here we go. There we go.
1: All right, behind the tape, we here with the brother, Mars Brill. I mean scream. We out. Good bridge.
0: Mixtapes. The
1: classic mixtapes. So
0: the mixtape thing, let me drop a mixtape. Oh, mixtape.
1: The mixtapes. This, this is the art behind, behind the tape, 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 tape podcast podcast. Hosted by this DJ.
2: DJ Mars and Brill Jai. Covering the spectrum of the mixtape culture.